I mentioned earlier this morning that uh, Larry was officially closing out our missions conference, but uh, partway through the week, and I claim the title for myself at least, that I am unofficially closing out our missions conference. So our title for tonight is Grace for the City, and that's the city of Santa Maria in that picture behind. You might not recognize it, uh, especially if you moved to town a long time ago when Santa Maria was 30,000 people and was a different place from Orchid. But if you haven't been paying attention, it's grown together. Uh, and we're actually losing the last field in the middle of the city right now. Uh, some of us are excited about that. It means Chick-fil-A is coming into town, is what we've heard. Uh, we'll believe it when we see it, or at least we'll enjoy it when we see it. Um, but I've heard that with uh, good confidence behind it. Um, technically, I guess we have one more field left. It's the field right between where they're developing uh, and the, the extra cemetery itself. I hope they're saving that for more cemetery. If not, I look forward to five guys moving in or something else uh, close to that. I have a question for you, though. Question to close out our missions conference. And this one's a tough one. Don't answer it out loud. You might betray some information you don't want the people around you to know. What is your I never seem to cross it street in town? I don't go above the street. I don't go to the east or the west of the street. I never seem to cross it. Or worse, what is your I refuse to cross this street in Santa Maria? Maybe it's Main Street or Stoll or Betteravia or Santa Maria Way, I have to be honest, through the years it seems to creep lower and lower on that ladder for many people in town. Maybe it's not north and south, it's Broadway and Cook or between Donovan and Battles, or you'll drive Skyway but not Blosser. For our guests, that's the same street, it just changes names partway through town. Or you won't go west of Miller, or west of Bradley, or west of the freeway. Reason this was on my mind this week in particular, I met with a youth pastor who's new to town. Uh, for me, that means you're one year, uh, as opposed to I just had the blessing of celebrating my 18th year at Grace uh, with our recent kickback. <laughs> thank you. I didn't really mean to get a pause on that one, but thank you. I'm glad you still like me. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts, but I hope it lasts for a good long time. But I was talking to him, and he asked about that. I get asked from time to time uh, with others, others in town. I believe Joe uh, Kirby is at 14 years. Almost everybody else is under double digits, and many are at one or two. Um, and I got asked, what is one of the things that Santa Maria churches as a whole haven't been able to address? It's an issue in the city, or maybe even they've just ignored. And I want to say that it's the first and not the latter. But I think one of the many Issues in town, a city that I love. You guys have heard me say about that. I've fallen in love with Santa Maria. Um, and I tell my San Luis friends, and I mean it, I like Santa Maria better than San Luis. I know most people disagree with me, but what is one of the issues that we have churches just haven't made much headway in, or at times we might even have ignored it? And one of those issues, I think, is the divide that allows us to treat Santa Maria as if things that are happening in it are happening to other people as if this isn't one community, as if it's unrelated people rather than our neighbors. 
At best, a lot of times, we just don't think about things as if they're our problem. At worst, we take the attitude of Jonah. I think I've talked about this before, but it was fitting to me to use this as a challenge with our missions conference. Turn to Jonah 4, verse 1 through 5. But Jonah was greatly displeased. Remember, he's displeased that the, the nation or the city of Nineveh has, has responded in repentance to God and that they've enjoyed grace. What a ridiculous thing to be displeased by. But he was. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord. He prayed to Yahweh. Oh, Yahweh, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. That is why I rebelled against you, God. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, now, O Yahweh, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live, for you are a God of grace. I added that last part, but that's what he's saying. It is better for me to die than to see you show grace to Nineveh. But the Lord, but Yahweh replied, Have you any right to be angry? Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. I don't mean that we do this, at least not intentionally, but I think sometimes we drift into this. And what you see at the end of the story of Jonah is exactly what you see at the beginning of the story of Jonah. Jonah has no heart for people that need grace. He, in fact, has the opposite. He has a heart that doesn't want God to show them grace, so he runs away. And I don't think any of us at Grace the Church have, have run away. Please don't hear me wrong. But it's interesting to see a prophet honest enough with God to say, I don't like that you will show my enemies grace. I don't like this part of you right now. I certainly enjoy it in my own life, but when somebody else gets it, I not only will be frustrated, but I'll actually become angry at you. It says, this is why I rebelled, because I knew you were exactly who you claim you, you are. I knew that you would show them everything you ever promised. I knew, what he's saying is, I knew that Genesis 15 would apply to them. And I want that promise from me, but not them. While God is concerned for Nineveh, Jonah begrudgingly checks off his to-do list, share God's wrath with the city of Nineveh, tried to hide his grace. Meanwhile, the city of Nineveh in chapter 3 cries out, what if this God that exists is the very God we've heard of? If we respond with repentance, perhaps we'll enjoy grace from him. Hopefully, Jonah shared that part of the message too. It certainly was part of God's message because that's how we see God respond. In contrast, Jonah cruises up the hill to watch the fireworks just like Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, Pastor Greg and I, this is one of the things we disagree on. Pastor Greg thinks Jonah finally came around, left that hill, and walked back into the city to enjoy the God that has shown grace to the Ninevites. I think he died up there in his stubbornness, enjoying God's grace nonetheless, 
But I think Jonah died up there in his stubbornness. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But that's what Jonah is going to do. I know that Sodom and Gomorrah have been wiped out, and this will be an entertaining show when God's wrath, if it gets poured out, is poured out on Nineveh. And here's my challenge. Don't get excited, I'm not done yet, but here's my challenge. We can't be Jonah sitting on Orchid Hill or the Napomo Bluffs waiting for Santa Maria to self-destruct. We cannot be those people. If we are those people, we don't know the grace that we've enjoyed ourselves. It might even call into question whether we have enjoyed it ourselves. Neither, though, can we be like a former student of mine in response to the shootings that took place January through February and March. And in response to one of them, a shooting at the mall, his response on social media was, I'm glad I live in Orchid. As if Broadway didn't connect the two. It's a mere nine miles and it's one community. No matter how much we like to argue that in our community, if you are in a plane or on Orchid Hill, you cannot tell the difference. You can't distinguish anymore. It is grown together. And we cannot even be that student thinking it's a different place. I don't think that student wished any will, ill will on the city of Santa Maria. He was simply wrong thinking he lived in a different community. And don't get me started, by the way, on the wackiness that happens in Orchid on the police blogger or ledger or whatever it would be called. There's plenty of crazy, um, very sinful things that happen in Orchid. And some of us like to act as if that isn't true. But we can't be that student either. Instead, we need to offer grace to the city we need to show and share grace with this city. And above all, we need to be grace for the city of Santa Maria. And I mean grace in both a capital G and a lowercase g scenario. We need to live up to our name as a church. It is great to have a missions conference in this room. And it is important, certainly, to send that message and people from our own city out to the world to share grace and we need to not lose sight of our own backyard in the process. We need to be grace the church, sharing grace the blessing with the city of Santa Maria. So how do we do that? Well first, and this one's obvious, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, we do that by going. But in this case it's not going away, it's going about our business. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, you can look it up if you want. I'm not going to read it, but the command there is make disciples. It isn't go. Go is a different part of speech. It's a participle. Going is how we make disciples. There's three in there, going, baptizing, and teaching. And part of what going means is certainly move away like some missionaries to a place that hasn't heard, but another part of going is simply this. As you go to the mall and enjoy Red Robin, take the gospel with you. As you go any place in this city, to your work, to your grandkids, to play bocce ball up by Abel Maldonado Center. Wait, is that right? Okay, thank you. Take the gospel with you to your mobile home park, 
to the place you volunteer. If you volunteer at the hospital, take grace with you. That's going. As you leave the city because you live in Napomo, as you work out of the area in Santa Barbara or on the base, take the gospel with you because we need to be a people and a church of going. And yes, I get excited that the Lanier's have gone to Papua New Guinea. But I get equally excited when I hear of my students and my staff that are just as much missionaries in their offices and at Costco and wherever they work or find themselves. And we challenge our college students on that very thing. We challenge our students. You are at, whether they've heard it or not, you're at the primest, best, easiest access mission field you, are, you will ever find yourself in. There's anywhere from 50, if you're a public-private school kid, 50 to 2,500 teenagers that are stuck with you every day. They can't run away from you. So as you go to school, go with the gospel. For this year, it's be salt and light. In years past, it's been be an ambassador. Both of those are from Scripture. If you don't recognize them, Matthew 5, be salt and light. 2 Corinthians 5, be an ambassador. We need to be going. That's one. Another way, we need to be connecting. Talk to your neighbors. Participate in the community. This is very much the same thing, but it's easy to go without ever bumping into everybody. It's easy to go, especially if you're working, and hide in your cubicle or in your car and never actually engage we need to participate in the community. And you've heard this from us as pastors before. As the city goes, you will go. Jeremiah 29, 7. Right before I know the plans I have for you. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. God's telling his people, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. As I banish you from Israel, go and connect and live and flourish. You need to be part of that community. Not drugged down away from holiness in it, but not disconnected. I have sent you there. I have placed you there. Now be my ambassador and live. Connecting and specifically this is where we're going to spend a chunk of time right now. Otherwise, you're getting to Wendy's super early. And of course, we can't let that happen. So I promise them you won't get there until 7.30 at least. No, just kidding. Not 7.30. Some of you are about to walk out right now. Praying. Number one way to connect and go. Pray. Pray for the city. That's what God told his exiles. It's a lesson we can learn. Pray for our city. So we're going to unofficially close out the missions conference with some prayer. And I know some of you that can be a struggle, but we're going to pray for our city. So first, we're going to pray for its issues. I only listed four. You might think of some others. First, we need to pray for gangs and crime. It is right up Broadway, and it might be in your neighborhood. Whether you live in Orchid or not, do not think that all gangs exist in the Northwest. They live in every part of our city, and the reality of our country is they're in every city that exists. 
It's just a matter of time before it becomes a problem. I'm happy to see that our city is addressing that, but we as people need to be praying for the problem. Gangs and crime, one of the ways you can pray for that is pray for our teenagers to have good, godly friends that they would not need to find them in gangs, that they'd have good, godly homes that they would not need to find a family in gangs, and that the police would be able to make headway constantly against the gang so it would not be an issue. But it won't simply go away. We've got to be praying about it. Gangs and crime, that's one. Human trafficking, like it or not, this is an issue in our city. You need to know that. Uh, This past week, actually, we just heard from one of our college girls that she was propositioned by a van that pulled up. It is at our doorstep. We need to be praying for that. A couple weeks, maybe months ago now, uh, in one of the firestorms of cops and shootings, police officers and shootings that have taken place, we had a shooting by my house, the corner of, I want to say Stoll and, but it might have been Enos, and Broadway. And it was bad enough that the cops had to come in, and then it required force and the loss of a life, but on top of everything else, Our community is protesting the cops in the middle of everything. Our cops don't need that. Our police officers are wonderful people in Santa Maria. I encourage you, go make friends with them, but be praying for our city. Be praying for moments like that. It does not do our city well or our police officers well to be protested in the middle of having to make an arrest. And it will certainly not go well in that moment. Just in general, the rise of secularism and humanism. I know Greg has talked to you about those before, but if you don't know, basically is this, just the general moral decay, particularly in philosophy, but not only in our, in our country, and it affects our city. This week, Pastor Benji and I both walked out of the offices. We heard in the roundabout an excessive amount of yelling tires and road rage, and it happens every day out there, but we walked out to see what was going on because this was a, a higher degree of it. And one car had apparently cut off another car, and it was so bad and offensive, which of course nobody hit each other, so it couldn't have been that bad. But it necessitated a screaming match, and both cars stopping parallel, which of course blocks all the rest of traffic, coming out of the roundabout right outside his office. And we thought we were going to have to go out and either break something up or call the police to break something up. By the time we got out there, they had screeched away, still causing issues down the road. That's the average person. Our country morally is falling apart and we need to be praying for that, not retreating. So we're going to take a couple minutes, not long, but a couple minutes. You can stand up where you're at. You need to stand so other people can see you if nothing else. We're not going to mic this, so it'll be very hard for people to hear, but stand up, pray loud for one of those issues or something else with our city not our country, just our city right now, that we would be grace for the city. So let's pray. Again, gangs, crime, human trafficking, protesting cops, secularism, humanism, general moral decay, or anything else that's appropriate that you think of that is an issue in our city right now. Let's pray for that. And then after three or four people pray, I'll say amen and and I'll tell you something else we're gonna pray for. So let's pray.
go out and walk the desert. Take out the walk of your fathers and the confused. Take off the blinders off their eyes, O Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, that everywhere they go, wherever their feet go tonight, I pray that you be their lips to be heard from Heavenly Father. I pray that the Holy Spirit just flows out of them and that you give them the right words to speak in the time of need. And your perfect time to work. And Lord, help us to see the issues in our city, to respond in prayer. Help us to go and, and to make a difference as we go about our lives in our city. May we always celebrate those who discover your grace because you've been working in their lives. May we rejoice when the lost are found. Amen. We are not consumed by the social gospel, and I mean that in a the social gospel in a negative way. I don't think we should be consumed by the social gospel here at Grace, but we certainly are convinced that the actual gospel impacts the social part of our lives. So we're not going to take the time to pray for them particularly, but I'd encourage you to at home and throughout your week constantly be praying for CareNet, be praying for Central Coast Rescue Mission. Crystal, nice job calling uh, attention to the homeless issue in town. It has grown in the last year or two. I love that my students catch those things. Pray for Serve Santa Maria. There'll be another one coming up soon. Even if you can't get involved that day, lift it up in prayer. That is a good thing. But we are going to take time in a minute to pray for our youth ministries. We often forget about that with our teens being an amazing place for grace. Amazing way to connect with the teenagers in our city. Please don't forget this. I recently heard a youth pastor friend of mine explain why he left youth ministry to go into missions and his reasoning, and I think God has him in the right place, but his reasoning for leaving youth to go into missions are my reasons to stay, my reasons to continue in youth ministry. It is a mission field. In the United States, it might be the primary mission field. And that is why I'm still a youth pastor. So pray for me. Pray for our youth staff. They're here on Tuesday nights and Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. Some of them you might not even know are on staff, but please pray for them. Pray for our students. I'll come back to that in a minute. You guys are going to hate me, but I'll come back to that in a minute. Pray for the other youth pastors in town. We're a city of about 150,000 people. We're a community of about 150,000 people. We only have about 10 youth pastors. 10. 10. Now, wonderfully, we have volunteers that are filling the gap. But 10. And I would struggle to name them, by the way. I'm friends with them, but I would struggle to get to 10. I can name more cities in town than I can name youth leaders in town. And I try to stay connected with the, the lead people, at least, for, sit, for churches that I am a fan of. In an era where youth are running from the church and we need, or running from the church, we need more support of youth ministry, not less. We need godly, healthy, healthy youth ministries that don't just play games and don't hide out, but are serious about discipleship training, about apologetics, about sending our students to our campuses and the community as ambassadors of Christ. There will certainly be pizza and fun involved. But that's not our goal. Our goal is sharing the gospel with a goofball and a gossip. Our goal is that the gospel would impact their lives. 
Our goal is telling an LGBTQIA kid, if you don't know what those initials are, you need to find me afterwards. I'll explain them. Well, I'll explain them now. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning, intersex, and asexual. Our goal is to tell that kid that their real identity is found in Christ. Our goal is helping a church kid own their faith and transform their mind so they can withstand the pressures and philosophical onslaught that they'll face on the internet and at college and on the high school, junior high, and younger campuses. That's our goal. And by the way, I've had the privilege of doing all three of those things in the last three months of my job more than one time. Please be praying for us. You want to share and be grace for the city, by the way? Come join my youth staff. We get to share and be grace to our city. Not to every kid. I'm still looking forward to that day. But we do that on a constant basis. So does our Awana ministry, our kids' men. Be praying as we interact with those that soon will be leaving the church if they don't own their faith, if they aren't challenged to own their faith. But I mentioned we were going to pray for our students. So students, come here. Come here. These are only some. These are the best. There are certainly some of my favorites, and I have many favorites. But be praying for them. No, come on. You got to stand up front, just like Navajo. Okay. So, if you know their names, I'm not going to run through their names. Feel free to bump into them afterwards. If you know their names, feel free to pray for them by name. If you know other students that are in our youth ministry because you work with them in Awana or children's ministry or however you bump into them, feel free to pray for them by name. I will say this, though. If you know details of their lives, feel free not to gossip while you pray. They might not want the whole church knowing. But let's pray for our youth ministries, for our youth staff, for me. Please be praying for me. Let's pray.
Lord, thank you for our students. Every time they gather in this room, Sunday mornings, Tuesday nights, for special activities, helping out at Awana, other things they do, Lord. Challenge them with your word. Stretch them, break them, wreck their lives that they would know you better and enjoy your grace more and find out that you do so much more they could ever imagine that you have a better plan than they could dream of. Or we praise your name. Amen. You guys can head back to your corner, I guess. But Feel free not to let them stay in that corner. Afterwards, they're pretty quick. They'll sneak out to those doors, but you might be able to beat them over there and say hi. They're an amazing set of students. Um, each Sunday night, by the way, as you see them walk up the wall right now, we're going through a book called, uh, by J. Warner Wallace called God's Crime Scene. It's a pretty deep and heavy book. Um, it's dealing with a lot of things they're going to face when they hit college, if not already at their campuses um, and in their community about the reason for faith, the reasoning behind faith, that it isn't blind faith, that it is evidential faith, that God broke into history and said hello <laughs> and has left plenty of fingerprints on everything around us. One more thing to pray for. Pray for our resources in town. These aren't all, in fact, I don't believe any of these are Christian by nature, but many of them or all of them have Christian leaders and Christians involved in them. One Community Action is trying to deal with that gang and crime problem. Teen Court um, deals with kids that have gotten in trouble on minor offenses as an option not to um, send them to jail or even juvie, but to help them deal with some of the, the trash our culture is throwing at them. And our culture is certainly hurting our teenagers. They don't even know how, to be honest, how much, to be honest but they battle it every day. Our cops, our police officers, sheriffs, CHP, our emergency responders, way beyond that, um, ambulances, fire, everything that's involved in emergency responders. Uh, an organization called Fighting Back Santa Maria that's on every single school in town, helping get kids education, which keeps kids out of problems. It's a pretty simple formula on that. Now there are many other things they need to deal with. Number one, God and spiritual. Um, but it's a good start. And we have Christian friends that are part of that organization. The Abel Maldonado Center um, and just our teachers and school administration. God has not abandoned the campus, even though the public campus has certainly abandoned him. Um, pray for them for one thing, that they'll be able to stay as long as they possibly can. Because I do fear the campus without godly teachers. It is a problematic thing to begin with in many ways. Um, but it would be a nightmare without Christian teachers and Christian administration keeping it in check and blessing our campuses, and they certainly do. Um, so I'm going to pray for those. I know that was a lot of things, but remember, we cannot be Jonah waiting for the city to destroy itself. We have to be ambassadors. We have to be salt and light. We have to see the city through God's eyes and with God's heart and have grace and compassion for our neighbors, whether we know their name or not, whether we ever see their face or not. So be praying, be going, be connecting as you live your lives. Bless our city. Pray for its blessing. Pray that God would impact our city 
through grace, our church that we love. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for how our people are involved in the city, through CASA and other organizations, again, that aren't designed to bless your name, but have those who bring you glory involved in them. Lord, put us in connection with hurting people that we could share grace. Lord, when we are hurting people, may those around us see us run to the God of grace to carry us through the pain. I pray for my friends that are involved in those organizations. Encourage them in their efforts. Guide them in their efforts that, that even though it is not a intentionally God-honoring organization that you would still be honored through their actions, their administration of, of programs. Lord, we pray for the Christians on the city council and in the city government for the same thing, that they would be able to represent you and to bring glory to your name each moment of each day, that they would be the hardest working that in the, in the greatest despair, they'd be the quickest to turn to you as the only source of help that we ultimately have. Lord, use Grace Baptist to share and show and be grace for the city of Santa Maria, Orchid, and the valley around us. That we would honor you. That we'd see our neighbors come to rejoice in your grace. That we would enjoy being used as an agent of grace and reconciliation to a world at war with the God who made them, but that we'd see them enjoy forgiveness, mercy, grace, and our majestic God, you, O oh Lord. We praise your name. Amen. I did forget one announcement. This Thursday is Keenagers at 6 o'clock. Guess what? Come enjoy my youth group. Hopefully they show up. It's a weird night for them, off night for them. They may forget. Um, but teenagers, uh, you're meeting this Thursday. We get to enjoy that wonderful, delicious uh, food item known as pizza. And uh, we had a con- Russ and I had a conversation about that. I know it's not normal teenager fare, but the reality is we all like a good pizza from time to time. Now, the other reality is that corner back there, they'll have pizza every day of their life if they are able to. So uh, we encourage you, come out for that. Get to know our students. Don't let them hang out in a corner. Get to know our students. And students, get to know our awesome adults in this church, please. So join us 6 o'clock Thursday night. Uh, that'll be over in, the, in Grace Hall. And uh, we are done for the night. Have a great week.